Well, praise God. Get your Bibles out this morning, church. That was terrible. Get your Bibles out this morning, church. That's a little better. Get your Bibles out, church. Now you sound like you're a little bit excited to go to the Word of God to learn something that'll ever change your life and set you free. Amen? You know, faith is an amazing thing. If you don't have any faith in, any, in something, you're absolutely 100% not going to get anything. Do you know that? If you went to the doctor and the doctor said, you've got, you got an infection, he gives you some antibiotics, and he said, here, go home, take these pills, take them three times a day, two times a day, whatever the prescription is. And you went home, wife asked you, so what's the matter? And so the doctor said, I got an infection. So what did they give you? Oh, they gave me some antibiotics. I don't think they're going to work, though. She said, well, you're not going to know unless you take them. He said, well, I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. I mean, it's just a little old pill. How's that pill going to kill an infection? Then you get all psychoanalyzing it, going into it, looking at it like that. So you say, well, I'll try. I'll just take one. That way, if it does work, I'll keep the others for later. You'd have a hard time getting healed, wouldn't you? Because you wouldn't perform what the doctor said. You weren't doing what he said. You weren't, the medicine couldn't work like it was supposed to. So we got faith in things all the time. We have faith that we believe in all kinds of different situations and things. But if you didn't have any faith in it, you wouldn't do it. If you didn't think your truck was going to start. I had a truck like that once. That it was, uh, you know, I had to believe God whether the thing would start in the morning or not. But I mean, you know, there's all kinds of things. It's the same thing with the Word of God this morning. I want to preach a message to you this morning. I really don't know what it's going to be. I mean, it's, I know in generalities because I have like... 900 scriptures. I got so many scriptures, I can't even find where I'm at. And so I, I don't know how it's going to come out this morning. I told my wife just a minute ago, I said, I think I'll just tell everybody to go home because I don't know what I want to say. And she told me to shut up and get up there and open up my mouth and get the job done. Because I've just been studying this thing about grace and just going into grace and looking at grace and looking at grace and looking at what God's saying about grace. And it's just opening up a whole world to me. And I, I bleed in my heart because I want y'all to catch the revelation. I want y'all to understand what, what Jesus paid for us on the cross, what it really means, what really your position in Christ is so that you can walk in victory. But I know this morning that as I'm going to preach, that some of you are going to grab it. And some of you are going to say, ah, oh, well, I don't know if that was what I believe. Because all of our lives, depending on who you are and, and, and where you've come from, you've been indoctrinated. That doesn't necessarily mean you've been indoctrinated by Good word. You've been indoctrinated. You've been indoctrinated by the word, the, the world around you, your circumstances, your situations, what other people have taught you, what you've seen, what you've heard, what you tried and didn't work. Hello? Like, you know, I, 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 I have a gun shop. You know, it's kind of a strange thing, a pastor in a gun shop, but I have a gun shop and I and, and so I, I work on guns, and I love it. My father was a, a gunsmith and, and a rancher, and so just something I grew up with in life. And one thing I've learned in life is just because I think the part should go a certain way doesn't mean it will. I've also learned that just because I get a bigger hammer, it may not work. Okay? When the instructions say that, that to take a gun apart a certain way, but I think, well, why am I going to do that? I could do it this way. I'm probably going to make a mistake. And even though I think that I might be smarter than what the instructions say, it doesn't work out. 
And sometimes we've been like that in life. We've been living our life a certain way, doing a certain thing, saying a certain thing, believing a certain thing, putting faith in a certain way, but we've become indoctrinated. And if you're going to actually walk in what Jesus paid for you on the cross, I'm telling you, every one of you this morning, it's not going to be comfortable because you're going to have to give up on some doctrine that you probably have been believing that's false. It's not true. It's not real. And sometimes we don't want to turn loose of it because we think even though that rope is cutting our hand, we don't want to turn loose of it because we don't trust the net below to catch us. I remember a story. It happened in the, in the early 1900s they were, when they were doing airships, the, the, you know, the, the helium-filled airships. And there was an airship they were trying to land on, a, on an army base. And the, the, the military guys were going down and they got hold of the ropes and they were holding the ropes and they were trying to pull it down and, and get it into position. When a gust of wind hit it, it lifted it up. Well, it, it did it quickly and it shot everybody up and, and all these men were hanging on ropes and they didn't turn loose. And it went up high. And so now they're hung, they're holding on to ropes, and, and it was, they were trying to get the ship back down, but eventually it was too long, and one by one, the men began to fall. They couldn't hold the rope any longer, and they began to fall, they began to fall, they began to fall to their death, except one guy. And they couldn't understand how this one guy was hanging on. And it just was like, they were looking at him, just dangling up down the air, and they're like, this guy's going to fall any minute. And the crowd was, oh my gosh, and they'd already seen all these other people die. And so finally, they got it down. And when they got down to the ground, they saw how this guy had made it. Because he didn't hold the rope any longer. He flipped the rope around him and tied it around him, and the rope was holding him. And sometimes in life, we've got to be like that with Jesus. We've got to let Jesus hold us, and we've got to trust that his word's the truth. We've got to trust that what he said is true, and let it hold us no matter what we think and no matter what we've been indoctrinated with. Hello? So we've been talking about standing in grace. I, already, I can't go back because I'll never be able to go forward if I go back. Get the message. Listen to it last week talking about your position. When you're born again and you're saved and Jesus Christ becomes the Lord of your life, when you know that you know that you know down inside of your heart that you have made him the Lord of your life, at that moment, you, it says, the Bible says in Colossians 2, Colossians 1, all over the Bible, it says that you have been translated from the kingdom of darkness and now you've been translated over in the kingdom of your son. You've been placed in a position called grace. Grace is not necessarily a power released towards you, although it is because you're standing in God's presence, but grace is your position. You're in a position this morning of absolute, no judgment, no condemnation, grace. When you got up this morning, I don't know how many, don't look, don't say anything, don't smile, don't look at the ground, okay? But I'm sure that some of you got up this morning, and as you began to dress to come to church, you thought about how you looked. And you thought about, does this shirt make me look skinny? Does this shirt make me look fat? Is this my favorite shirt? Do I look pretty? Does this do that? Oh, what about this? I want this dress or this deal. Maybe this necklace will make me look better. Or maybe these pants will look, make me look better. Or this or that or the other. You were conscious of what other people thought about you. But how would you like to live in a world where there was none of that? How would you like to live in a world where there was totally, absolutely, 100% love always going towards you? That you were accepted in love for who you are right now at this moment that you were absolutely 100% looked at with no, no condemnation. You were looked at with no regret. You were looked at with absolutely God looking at you saying, man, I love them just like they are. That's grace. That's where you're standing with God in grace because it says you have been made holy and acceptable before him. 
You're in a position before God where he says, man, they believed in Jesus. My blood washed their sins away. They're forgiven, and I love them. God not saying, well, you know, get them on in here, and we'll clean them up, and after a while, maybe we can tolerate them. I was in a, in a, in a convenience store, and this has been a while back, and there was a homeless person in there, or a troubled person, and it was cold. And he was standing there looking at coffee, and I was going up to get some coffee, and I thought maybe he was wanting some coffee. And, and in a minute, he just turned around, and he was unshaven and unkept and smelled bad, and, 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 and it was cold, and, and he just literally had snot running down his face and, and really disgusting looking. And, and he looked at me, and he said, give me $4. He didn't say, can I have or whatever. And so I kind of backed up for a minute because I thought, what is this guy going to do? And then I thought, well, I need to give this guy $4 because I need to get him out of the store because I'm concerned, you know, of people in there. So I said, hold on just a minute because I was scared he was going to, you know, if I pulled out my wallet, he would jump me. And so I walked around the corner and I got $4. He asked for $4. going to give him $4. Put my money back in the pocket. One of them gave me $4 and he left. And as I walked out and I was home and I was praying for the guy and, and thinking about him, I just said, you know, Lord, that man was repulsive in my sight. I mean, I mean, it was pretty gross to look at. And I said, am I, am I like that to you? This is what I said to the Lord. I said, am I like that to you sometimes? My sin is repulsive like that to you. And you know what the word came back? I love you. My love doesn't see that. And it shocked me because I was thinking about how human I looked, how I look with my human eyes, but God looks with eyes of grace to you. So, this morning, I want to show you something. I want to ask you this morning, what have you been redeemed from? What happened on the cross? What did Jesus pay for? Now, you got to understand something. In this world, there's two kinds of knowledge. There's the knowledge that we're going to call the sense knowledge. This is, I don't have a better word for it. It's the knowledge that you get by your five senses, what you see, see you know, your, you, you feel all, all the sense, your intellect, your reasoning ability. Those, let's just call it sense knowledge. But then there's revelation knowledge. Now, revelation knowledge only comes from one place. That comes from the throne of God. Revelation knowledge is the knowledge you get that, you, that comes in you, that when your faith is placed in God's word, and what he says to you, that it ignites something on the inside of you and you know it's true. It's called revelation knowledge. It's when you believe, the first time you walked in revelation knowledge is when you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you said, Jesus, I want you to come into my life and forgive me of my sins. You had revelation knowledge about Jesus being the Son of God. There's people in the world today that believe Jesus is just a good man. There's people in the world today that believe Jesus is not resurrected. There's people today on the face of the earth that believe that he is... He, 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 he was just a, a figure, a person, nothing, okay? They have never had revelation knowledge that he is the Son of God. Are you following me? They're only operating in sense knowledge. Revelation knowledge means you have to take your faith and you have to believe the Word of God. So as I preach this message this morning, you have a choice. You either by faith can grab hold of the Word. I'm not trying to get you to convince you. I'm not going to try to, I'm going to lay a case out. How about that? I'm going to lay a case out before the jury this morning. 
And I'm going to lay it out before you all this morning. But your faith has got to connect with it for it to become revelation knowledge to you before you're going to use it, before it's going to come alive to you, before it's going to hit you and you're going to say, oh, my goodness, I never saw that. That's revelation knowledge. Okay, so I'm asking you this morning, what did Jesus redeem you from on the cross? Now, again, there's two trains of thought here. Most churches are divided up on this, this belief right here. I'm putting it simple, okay? I don't want to get into all the theological terms and all that. Just putting it simple to you this morning. But basically, one group believes that all that was redeemed on the cross was sin. The, 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 the original sin that took place in the garden, that was all that was redeemed was sin. Then after that, Anything that God's going to bless you with on this earth or anything you're going to walk in in this earth is either going to come by your faith or by God giving you the faith for it. So let me say it this way. So you're sick and you're believing God for healing and you never get healed and you die, then you may grab hold of an indoctrinated theory of saying, well, God only forgave sin and then it's a turkey shoot thereafter. Are y'all following me? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But only way you would know is if God gives you the faith for it. So it's left up to God, not you. Are you following me? Everybody with me? That's one train of thought out there. Second train of thought is what I want to preach to you this morning and what I believe in. That God not only redeemed just sin on the cross, but he redeemed everything. He redeemed sickness. He redeemed poverty. He redeemed uh, low self-esteem. He redeemed guilt. He redeemed shame. He redeemed wounds. He redeemed everything that there ever possibly could be happened to a human being on the face of this earth. He redeemed it. Now, I'll tell you why I believe that. Because under the old law, in Deuteronomy 28, I don't want to go there because it's going to take me too much time. Go look it up. Deuteronomy 28 starts in verse 1. God goes through a whole list of things. He said, I am going to bless Israel with this if you will obey my voice. Okay? And he lists these blessings. And these blessings, you know, it's just blessing the city and I'm blessing the field. I'm blessed when I come and I'm blessed when I go. I'm blessing my, my baskets and my kneading baskets are blessed. My storehouses are blessed. My sheep are blessed. My cows are blessed. My dogs are blessed. My cats are blessed. Everything's blessed. I'm blessed in my body. I'm blessed in my finances. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Hello? Okay. So why would he go through and list all of the blessings? which included everything you'll ever walk in, your finances, your physical sickness, your, your mental health, your everything else. Why would he include all of this? Your enemies are destroyed. Why would he include all of that if that's not what he really wanted for y'all? Why would Jesus teach us a message and say, uh, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Well, is there anybody in here today that wants to stand up and believe there's sickness in heaven? Does anybody want to believe there's, you know, there's, there's bad things in heaven? None of us will. When you go to heaven, you expect it to be glory. Hallelujah. Am I right? Well, if that's what his will is in heaven, then he won't sit on earth. And why isn't the will for earth to be blessed? And I'm telling you, 
Blessed is not just the ability to smile going through torment. You say, well, Pastor, that's an important part to just be smiling when you're going through a hard time. Sure. But the only reason I'd be smiling is because I know that God's going to give me the victory over it. Are you with me? So what did Jesus redeem on the cross? So if he redeemed everything on the cross, then we should be walking in everything. It's not just the forgiveness of sin. Now, I put before you this morning, you good women and men of the jury, I put before you this morning that if you, let's say you get in a fight with your wife and you say something you shouldn't say and then you feel convicted about it and so you go to your wife and you say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? I'm, I'm sorry for this. And she's like, well, I'll forgive you because y'all are acting like Christians. And then you realize that what you did was also sin in God's eyes. And so you go to God and you ask him to forgive you. And you say, Father, I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me for what I did. Right? Are y'all following me here? Is this something that y'all have done before? Go to God and ask him to forgive you for something? Hello? Has everybody in here, I mean, come on. Now I'm wanting to show hands. Has everybody in here ever asked God to forgive them for something and you know you received your forgiveness? Huh? So y'all got to show a hand so y'all know what I'm talking about, huh? The process of going and saying, Father, forgive me, I messed up, right? Okay, so, so then what happened? At that moment, uh, you looked up to heaven and a, a little gold leaflet came down and it looked and said, yes, I forgive you. I mean, what happened? How did you know you were forgiven? Oh, you had faith in it, huh? You had faith that what you prayed, where did you get, what were you putting your faith, faith in your, basing your faith in? His word, huh? His word that said if you ask, if you confess your sins and you ask, I'll forgive you. Were you putting your faith in that? His word? So then you just took a simple process and you took it by faith. You said, by faith, I'm going to ask God to forgive me. By faith, God's going to give it to me. Hello? Where was that privilege? Where was that privilege bought and paid for? On the cross, right? That ability for you to receive forgiveness from God Almighty, to come down from God, from heaven, to you, boom, was paid for on the cross, huh? See, I'm just getting you all to preach yourself some more. Is working out really well. Okay, so how was it done? How did it happen? How did, that, how did that take place? Your faith, the forgiveness, the receiving the forgiveness, how did that take place? Let me put it to you this way. Did it take place by the physical or by the spiritual? So then by the spirit, you were forgiven. Hello? So then on the cross of Calvary, when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, would you say that he dealt with the sin issue by the physical or by the spiritual? I hear it. Like you weren't real sure. Did he deal with it by the spirit or by the flesh? By the flesh, he literally was the sacrifice, but the issue of the sin was dealt with by the spirit, right? Okay. All right. So, 
Go to Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessings of Abraham uh, might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay? It says he redeemed us from the curse of the law. Was not the curse of the law the, the ability of man not to be able by works to be perfect before God? Go to Ephesians 1.7. Ephesians 1.7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Redemption. The word means to buy back, to pay the purchase price. You have redeemed it. It's paid for in full. Now go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2.11. Colossians 2.11. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirement that was against us, which was contrary to us, and has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross having disarmed principalities and powers and having made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. What now? You mean at the cross, there was a disarming of principalities and powers. Hear me now. At the cross, when this redemption for our sin was bought, it said here that there was a disarming of principalities and powers. So disarming means they lost the battle, right? And he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. So wait a minute, there was more done at the cross than just Jesus' blood being poured out for our sins. There was also the defeat, the triumphing over the devil. Am I right? So you remember how I preached last week about how, how we don't want to stand on that chasm that's between we've been translated in the other kingdom and we don't want to listen to the voice of the enemy coming over and trying to say something to us and get us focused back over there. We should be walking in grace and walking towards the light, right? Well, wait a minute. If the enemy has been disarmed and all principalities and powers have been put down and Jesus is in charge, and we're in grace, and we're standing in grace. Hello? He has no rights and no privileges to speak to me. But he does. He has no authority. I, think, I believe Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me. In heaven and on earth. Matthew 28. Hello? In other words, the devil lost his power. All this took place. It was not just the dying of Jesus on the cross. That's what we saw well, we didn't see it, but that's what we humans saw on the cross. 
his physical body dying up there, but there was some major something taking place in the spirit. Are you following me? Ephesians, I believe it's Ephesians 4, says, and, 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 he, and he went to hell and he preached the gospel there and he brought the captives out. Remember uh, Matthew's gospel talking about and all the graves kicked out and people were going out and the veil of temples ripped into. All this stuff took place in the spirit. Are you following me? Jesus didn't just, you, it's not some, uh, for, forgive me, I'm not trying to by any means step on doctrinal issues or church or, or form or anything like that. You may be raised in and you may hold reverent, but this was a pretty wild thing. This was not the, the nice little reverent go to a church meeting and light a few candles and sing kumbaya. Man, this was a ripping forth, a tearing of the armies, the defeat of the devil, the openly showing. I don't know how you would, would think it, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty brutal. And, and, and I've been, you know, I mean, I, my whole life's been like that. But I see, if I was going to do an open triumph, that means I got somebody by the hair and I'm dragging them back saying, yeah, this dude, yeah, I, I won this battle. Are y'all with me? It's an open triumph. Are you following me? But it all took place in the spirit. It all happened. So that you could stand in grace in the presence of Almighty God, and have unbroken fellowship with Him, that you could come boldly into the throne room of grace. You could talk to Him about everything. The door was wide open. You were over here, and you didn't have to listen to some hack yakking at you over here. But the devil, he doesn't ever really totally 100% give up because he knows if he can do one thing, keep you in sin consciousness, you will walk in defeat because you don't believe that you're worthy to be in grace. He'll come to you and he'll show you how you need to be performing. You need to be working. You need to be doing things that would earn merits to be living in grace. You need to be the goody-goody Christian. You need to be this and like that and never have done anything wrong and you never make any mistakes and you're over here. Matter of fact, he'll convince you that you need to be holy before you can go into the presence of God. When the truth of the matter is, you ain't never going to be holy unless you get in the presence of God because you can't do it yourself. That's what the law was all about. If you think you can be holy here, do these things and you can be holy. And you couldn't, man couldn't do them. It's our sin consciousness that keeps us saying you're unworthy, you, you, you're, you're, you can't do this, that keeps us from walking into the light as he is in the light and having fellowship with one another. First John 1. We don't do it. We don't go to God. We don't think that we have the right to go up and high-five God. Oh, he's God. You can't do that. I mean, you know, he'll smoke you right there. It's Friday. You can't do that. And who do you think you are? Because we don't understand grace. Because we've lived in judgment so long where we judge everybody. We judge everybody's look, their weight, their clothes, their income, their whatever. We live in judgment. And we, keep it, we live in this world of judgment and of classes and of races and of discriminations and of this and that's and the other. 
Nowadays, we're getting accused of being racist when I can't even figure out how they can get there. In, in the theology going on in the world today about being racist, I say everybody who wore a cowboy hat and boots to the rodeo and they never do any other time, that's racist. You're being racist against cowboys. Because <laughs> you normally don't do it and you're not a cowboy and you dress up like one to go to the rodeos, therefore you're racist. <laughs> We're going to follow their doctrine. And you know the truth of the matter, I'm sick of it, I don't even care. I know I'm not racist. I just don't care. Just leave me alone. I'm tired of messing with it. I got more important things to worry about than, than, than anything else than, that has to do with that garbage. I'm trying to figure out how to live in grace. I'm trying to figure out how to walk in grace and, and be sharp to hear the voice of the enemy coming to try to get me drugged back into sin consciousness. Now, you know, Paul says he goes through this deal, big deal over in, in, in Romans chapter 6 and verse 7, chapter 7 where he talks about, you know, should we, should we sin that grace may abound? And I'm like, you're stupid. If you're going to go, obviously, go out and sin thinking that then grace is going to abound, no, you're just, you're just wanting to do wrong. I'm talking about people that are hungry to go into the light of God and want to have fellowship with God. I'm trying to break off the chains and the yokes and the bondage that the devil has placed on you through sin consciousness this morning so that you can see that you are worthy because you're a believer in Jesus Christ and it was paid for on the cross that you're worthy to go to the throne of God because God said so. Not because man said so, but because God says so. That's what I'm trying to do this morning. I don't want to argue any other kind of thing. I'm just trying to get you to get out of that thinking because I'm telling you folks, if you'll stay in the light and fellowship with God and really dig and get into it, then I want to tell you something. Life's going to change. You're going to find your healing, whatever it is that you need healed of. You're going to find your prosperity. You're going to find your victory because God's going to speak to you. That's where it's at. It's in the light and the throne of God. And when you know that you deserve to be there, not because you're good, not because you did everything right, because you made one smart decision in life. You made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You may have made a thousand dumb ones, but you made one right. Jesus, the Lord of your life, put you into grace. So now you can walk into the throne. You can go boldly into the throne and his light can, can touch you and you can have fellowship with him and he can speak to you. And the same way you get forgiven by the Spirit is the same way you get healed by the Spirit. Is the same way you get poverty healed by the Spirit. And what we've been taught in the charismatic realm, so now, like, let's just say you came out of a more of a traditional denomination, you've you got one way of thinking. But then if you came out of more of a Pentecostal or, or charismatic denomination, then you've been waiting for some power to hit you. You've been standing around saying, oh, I think I feel it. Oh, I think I can feel it. Ooh, come on. Oh, I think I can feel it. I got something going on. I don't know what it is, man. I feel something kind of run up down my back. I think that's it. I'm connecting to the power of God. When the whole truth of the matter is by faith, he just walk up to the throne and say, Daddy, I'm sick. I, I'm sick, Daddy. And, and my body ain't functioning like it's supposed to function, and you created my body to be good and function right. And right now, just like I, just like I get my sins 
uh, forgiven. I just thank you right now. I am healed because you paid for it on the cross of Calvary. You, that, that you didn't just cover sin. You covered sickness. And I declare right now, I'm, I'm, I, am, I am healed in the name of Jesus because that's what you did for me. God, right now, I thank you for your healing power over my body. Body, you're going to line up right now in the name of Jesus. And you start thinking like that. You start praying like that. And you're, gonna start, you're just going to see yourself healed. And you say, but it's hard. I know. Because we've been raised and indoctrinated. Indoctrinated with wrong thinking. Until it just gets in, into us and we're indoctrinated. And then we start to say, well, but what if? And then, you know, man, if I did this and I did that. Uh, and, then, uh, uh, and, you know, and then we. Uh, uh, mm. And so we start talking ourselves out of it because we're sin conscious because we don't, we think we didn't earn it. And that comes from the devil. Go to Romans 8, chapter 1. So this is, this is, well, let me just go on. I'm going to get myself sidetracked here. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, I was taught in Bible school, and I'm really, I'm, after this message, I'm kind of like wanting to call my professors up and tell them, I disagree with them. Okay? Taking me a while to get a rebuttal. But it says there now is no condemnation those who are in Christ Jesus. And it says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And I was taught that that second half of the verse wasn't in some of the original manuscripts, and that the people had put that in there so that people wouldn't just go crazy. In cheap grace, because there is no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus, so they threw in who will walk according to the flesh and not according to the Spirit. They kind of put a rule in there. But I want to tell you something. My eyes were open, and when I was reading through this, and the Holy Ghost just said, look, look at it. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to their stupid head, listening to the devil, but to the Spirit. I added the Robert Richards paraphrase in there. That thing fits. So when he's saying don't walk according to the flesh, he's talking about don't walk according to listening to the ways of the world. Don't listen to the devil hollering at you over the chasm. Don't listen to his lies, this disarmed principality. But listen to what the Spirit's saying. Come on over and get in. The water's fine. Come on over. The throne room's open. God's right here. Listen to what the Spirit says. Listen, folks, if you want to learn, I'm going to, I'm going to, I love simple things, and I'm a simple preacher, but if you want to understand this morning walking in the Spirit, if you really want to understand what it means to walk in the Spirit, it's not that you can, you've got the Bible memorized, all right? Because the Pharisees had the Bible memorized, and they killed Jesus. So let's take that off the table. If you truly want to know what it means to live a life in the spirit or walking in the spirit. It means quit listening to the devil and listen to what God's saying. Stay in this realm of grace and in the light going towards heaven, going towards the light. Be like a bug going towards the light. You're drawn towards the light. That's a simple, simple, simple way to understand what it means to walk in the spirit. You're just going to stay over here, and you're just going to keep saying, man, thank you, Lord, I'm forgiven. You're part of the buddy. You're standing right there with Moses. Standing right there with David. Hey, bud. Hey. You're all in the group. No judgment. Yeah, we let him in at the last moment. 
No judgment. No condemnation. You're in. You're a saint. You're standing there. I don't know how it's going to work, church. I don't know how it's going to go. The one thing I'm going to do when I get to heaven, after I get, I'm only going to have one thing coming out of my mouth and praise for Jesus. I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to get no advice. You know, I'm going to be watching, just keep my mouth shut and, and, and just, you know, because I know I'm in. But have you ever noticed somebody that, you know, like you're in, but then what they do is they start talking and then you realize they're, they're an idiot. They may have on the suit and tie, but uh, <laughs> you're an idiot. Just keep your mouth shut. Praise Jesus. I don't know how it's going to work, though. We'll figure it out. I'm just glad I want to be there. But I just can tell you this. In grace, you're totally accepted in the eyes of God. There's no condemnation. So you go to God and you say, God, I'm weak today. I don't know what to do. I messed up. As long as you're turning to him and looking to him, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you and help you and minister to you. If you're going to go to the throne and argue with God, well, God, I don't really think this is right. And blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't think you're going to get much. I think heaven's going to be quiet. But if you go with an humble heart, falling down before him and saying, God, you know, I'm an idiot. That's my prayer. That is my prayer. My, I may write that on my tombstone. My prayer is I go to God all the time and say, God, I'm an idiot. I don't know why I think like this. But I, I, I just thank you for your grace and just help me get through this thing and help me, Lord God, walk in this because this is where I want, I, I, want to, I want to do right. And I believe God honors that prayer. Okay? Now, let me show you something. He says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So the law of sin and death this all took place on the cross. Are you seeing what, I, what, what I'm talking about this morning? Something took place in the Spirit. There was a war that took place. Jesus died, but by the Spirit, he bought, paid for everything that you would need in this physical world. For what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, God did by sending his own son. God did. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did. He did it. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. So then if Deuteronomy 28, the blessings that God wanted you to have based on your ability by the flesh to do it, he wanted that. God said, no, that man couldn't do it, so I did it. So then wouldn't that be everything for you? He could not have just redeemed just the, 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 the penalty for, from the original sin at the garden. He could not have just redeemed that. He redeemed everything, church. He redeemed it all, all for you, and it's yours. And just like you can be forgiven for sin, you can be healed, you can be walking prosperity, you can walk in everything if you'll just stay in the light and ask him. Too much for you? Let's read on. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Don't listen to the devil. Don't listen to that old voice. Don't listen to that sin consciousness. Listen to by the Spirit says. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, and those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Or to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, folks, listen to me. I just told you, the only thing that can take you out of grace is you, your sin consciousness. It doesn't really take you out of grace. It just keeps you from walking forward in grace. You just stand there looking over the chasm. The only thing that can take you out is your own stupid mind. Okay. Jump over. <clears throat> 
Look at verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead shall also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So it's a spiritual thing. Okay, so I want to throw this out there. It's like, I'm, I'm, like right now I'm throwing you a giant T-bone. I'm just throwing it out there, and you're going to chew on it until I get back to preach more about this. But I'm going to throw it out there, and you can chew on it. You may just eat around the edges of the fat on it, okay? But I'm throwing it out there to you this morning, all right? Then look what he said. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then if Jesus is going to deal with sickness, here's the stake. He's going to deal with it spiritually first before it ever manifests physically. If he's going to deal with poverty, he's going to deal with it by the Spirit. And then it manifests. Anything you need from heaven has to take place in the Spirit first before it manifests in the physical. All right. Jump down to verse 18. No, jump down to verse 31. What shall we say to these things? What are the things that we're going to say something to? The way I'm looking at this morning is the yackings of the enemy. The enemy trying to get you in a sin-conscious state. Do you realize, folks, listen to me. <laughs> you, you, I'm not saying you weren't. I'm just saying you may be, maybe you have been wronged by someone in this world. And that someone in the world wronged you and what they did was wrong. And you know what? You can complain about it from now till you get to heaven, but you'll not be healed of it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Griping and complaining about what happened to us on earth does not bring about healing. Bringing judgment, showing, going to God and showing him how you were wrong, going to God and making your cases and going to God and saying all these things about, oh, this and that and the other, and this isn't fair, and why did this happen and that, and making this big old case. It doesn't get you healed. What gets you healed is by faith going in the Spirit and asking God to give you what Jesus bought for on the cross, a total healing. So what are we going to say to these things? Huh, God's for me. He can be against me. Do you know how, do you know how silly it would be if you were, you were in the free zone, the neutral zone, and as long as you stayed in there, you could not be attacked. But the enemy is saying, come on, just cross that line. Come on, just go across that line right there. Come on over here on my side. <laughs> Why would you do it? I saw this. this uh, it was a... It, Oh, I can't remember what it was called. It was a TV show that was on, and it, and it, had, it had all these old guys on there. It had Terry Bradshaw and uh, 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 who was about George Foreman and Henry Winkler and a couple of these other guys, and they traveled around the world and ate in places and all and did all these kind of crazy things. And they, were in, they took them over in, into Korea, and they said they were going to go up to the DMZ line, which is a you know, the designated marked area that's between North and South Korea. And so they went up there, and so they, they didn't tell them what was going on, and, and Terry Bradshaw knew what was going on. And so they went up to the, to the DMZ, and they had the, the soldiers there and everything, and they were all there. 
And so he's like, man, I wonder how close you can get to that line. And so Henry Winkler was messaging, get back. What are you doing? Don't, don't be messing around like that. I mean, this is, this is serious. You know, he'd get right up on the edge of the line. He'd get his toe real close to the edge of the line, you know. And, and they were like, get back. What are you doing? And the soldiers were just standing there, you know, all in attention. And, and finally he jumps across the line. Ah! Jumps across the line like that, you know. And, and everybody freaked out. And they all start running, you know. And the guards start shooting. And all this stuff is going on. And it was a fake DMZ line that was used in a movie set. But they didn't tell him. And he was so freaked out. He was running. Who the just dodging it, going there. Because he's like, why? You know, why were you doing this? And he got back. And he was all mad. And I just thought, perfect example. Why would you do that? He did it because he knew it was fake. But I'm just saying, if it was the real thing, you would not do that. You would get shot. Right? Well, then why are we letting the devil talk us out of what's ours? What are we doing getting out of grace? What are we doing going back over and living in sin consciousness and condemnation and guilt? Why are we living letting him judge us when he doesn't even have any authority? So what are we going to say these things? All those things talking to you? Man, when God's for me, who's against me? Shut up. What in the world are you talking about? I'm over here in grace. You idiot. You lost. Well, I won't talk to you. You don't have anything. He didn't spare his own son for us, but delivered him up for us all. How shall we not with him also freely give us all things? He said, my gosh, I took Jesus and nailed him on the cross and paid the price for y'all. Now listen to me. You got to change your way of thinking. You got to change your way of praying. Because if Jesus already went to the cross and paid for everything at Calvary, all right? He already paid for your healing at Calvary. He already paid for the right for you to walk in the light. He already paid for you to walk in grace. He already paid for your, 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 your prosperity. He said, the thief comes to kill, stone, and destroy. But I've come to, you might have life and life more abundantly. And that reminds me, the plan for this week is John chapter 10. John chapter 10 is the plan for this week. John 10. And you got to go watch the video. I mean, I, I got a I I good one. Anyway, if he already paid for you, then listen, when you go to God and ask him to heal you, when did you get healed? When was your healing paid for? So your healing was already paid for at the cross. All you need to do is appropriation of it. You got to change your thinking. It's by the spirit. It's not by the physical. And this may be stretching you for me to be saying this. Like I said, I threw a T-bone out there. But I want to tell you something. You already got paid for 2,000 years ago what, what you needed today. It's all paid for in Christ. So if you want to walk in it, stay in the light and stay in his grace and keep fellowship with him, but quit asking him to do something for you that already did 2,000 years ago. You say, well, I don't understand how you do that because I, I don't. You just told me a while ago you asked for forgiveness and you got it. How'd you do that? How'd you do that? You walk in forgiveness all the time. How'd you do that? Well, but that's different. Why? Well, because I'm sick and I feel it in my body. Oh, okay. So then have you ever felt guilty for sin? No. Y'all just looking at me now. Y'all is all freaked out looking at me like I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to do nothing. Sit still. <laughs> Sit still. Maybe he won't call on me. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the agape love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, peril of the sword? As it is written, for, all, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. 
Oh, yet in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come. Do you notice it says angels, principalities, powers, things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And you need to make a little note down on the bottom that said, except my own stupid thinking is the only thing that can separate you from the love of Christ and from the grace that you can walk in. It's the only thing. It's your faith and your thinking. It's your faith and your thinking. If there was a person in here today, and he came and he was just a, I mean, y'all all knew him. You knew him from town. And he was just a, just a lunatic. And just you knew he wasn't saved. And he came in those doors right now. And he came up to the front and said, I just feel in my heart. I know I'm not right with God. And I want to get saved right now. And I got down there and we prayed with him and spit flying. And he repents and he cries, Jesus, I want you to come in my heart. I want you to be the Lord and Savior. There's not a one of y'all in here today that said that that man didn't get saved. But you wouldn't see anything in the physical. Now, afterwards, countenance can change and life can change and start seeing good works coming from you. You know that something really happened on the inside, but you know at that moment, not a one of you is going to doubt that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart in Jesus is Lord and Savior, you're going to be saved. Not a one of you is going to doubt that. Yet we come to the front for physical healing. We pray, we lay hands on you, you, get, you, you, and, you and you walk away, and the first thing you do is like, it still hurts. And so you, you doubt. And what I'm saying is we have to change our way of thinking that we live in a life of grace. And as we live in this life of grace with God, we have fellowship with him. And then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all these crazy things, thinking in our head the things that are wrong. And it's by the spirit that you receive what you need. And then it manifests in the physical. And the moment by the spirit you know that you received it, you're healed. Or your poverty is taking place or your situation is taking place or this enemy that attacked you, you know it's not gonna, he's not going to have victory and success. Are you with me? There's things that I know by the Spirit that have not yet manifest in the physical for me, but I know it by the Spirit. It's like, oh, you're like a prophet seeing out there in the future. No, I just know what God's Word said. I got in God's Word. I renewed my mind to what His Word said. I got it down there and said, no, that can't happen because this is what God's Word said. Listen to me, I don't care who you are, you can't steal from me. I don't care who you are, I don't care what you try to do, you can't steal from me. You know why? Number one, I'm in covenant with God through tithing. And it says in Malachi 3 that the destroyer cannot touch me. Second thing is, is John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said he came to give me life and life more abundantly. The third thing is, 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 is uh, uh, John 14 says that that. In this world, I'm going to have some tribulation. I'm going to have some problem. I'm going to have some, some issues take place. I'm going to have some, some bumps in the road. But that's okay. Be a good cheer because I've overcome the world. So when a bump comes in the road, I know God's going to take care of me. I know it by the Spirit. I've already got the victory in the Spirit. So I'm just waiting for it to manifest in the physical. Oh, I wish it would get out of my way. I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to have to walk in it. I don't want to have to put up with it. Oh, I got to control my flesh. Got to control my feelings inside of me sometimes when I, you know, want to go Rambo on somebody. But that's beside the point. I know it by the Spirit. I already know it in here. Victory's mine. You see, how did I do that? Well, I live in grace. And I've just been fellowshipping with God in the light, know what His Word says, and I just, like I was forgiven, 
and I know I was forgiven. I, by faith, know God's delivered me. Right? It's the same principle. Jesus paid for everything on the cross of Calvary. He paid for it by the Spirit. You're going to receive everything you need on this earth by the Spirit as long as you're not walking in the flesh, looking across the chasm, wanting to go back over there into what you got out of. Is that simple enough? And it says in verse 37, the last thing there, it says, in all things, we are more than conquerors. The greatest example of that that I ever saw in life was the prize fighter. Y'all probably all heard this, but the prize fighter, he negotiates his price for what he's going to go fight the fight for. He goes into the ring, he fights, he gets beat up, gets messed up. They grew it out. He's been training forever for this. He goes in there. He fights, he fights, he fights. He wins the battle. At the end of the battle, they come up and they give him the purse. He wins the money. He gets it. He takes the check. Let's just say it's a check. He gets the check. He comes home. He is the conqueror, right? And his wife comes up and said, did you get the check? And he says, yeah, here it is. And he hands it to his wife and she's more than the conqueror. Jesus paid for it on the cross for you. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. You're more than the conqueror because you get to walk in it and you didn't put any sweat into it, only your faith. Amen? Amen. Put your Bibles up and stand up if you would, please. Everybody say with me, say, I want to be more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror because of what Jesus did for me. Say this with me too. I want to walk in grace. I want to live in grace. I refuse today to listen to the voice of the enemy. But I'm going to listen to the voice of my God. And I'm going to walk in faith. And victory is mine. Amen. Now look at that person beside you and say, listen, come on, quit listening to the devil. So let me have my prayer team come down this morning. Remember the old cartoons where uh, the old wolf, he used to go dress, he'd go to grandma's house and he'd dress up like grandma waiting for a little red riding hood so he could eat her? Yeah, don't fall for that. See, that's what the devil's trying to do for you. He's trying to, he's trying to dress up like grandma and it's, it's the wolf. Make sure and just notice what's going on. Amen? We're down here up front if you need prayer this morning. We want to pray for you. If you're out there listening on the broadcast this morning, listen to me. Jesus loves you. No matter where you are and what you've done, he loves you. He wants you to come into his life and come into his kingdom. But I want you to know you've got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then you get to enter into this life of grace. If you're in here this morning, church, and you're not sure that you're saved, you're not sure you're right with God, well, we have prayer people up here, and that's what they're here for. Don't walk out of the doors of this church unless you're absolutely 100% convinced that you're right with God. Now, all of us in here, you may have been living with one foot in grace and one foot in the world, and you need to quit. You need to jump over in grace. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to believe God to break strongholds, break your indoctrination that you've had that's wrong, break off the chains on you. And I believe by grace this morning that the Holy Ghost told me if I'd believe, He'd do it. And so I'm believing in God's power to set you free so that you can grab this revelation and walk in it. How many of you want it? Now, 
I want you to take that person's hand beside you because I want you to set your faith in agreement with them. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just declare over each and every one of these people, by the authority you've given me, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I just declare that every stronghold, every yoke, every sin consciousness in them is broken right now. The desire for them to want to live and to walk in works is broken right now in Jesus' name. But Lord, today their eyes are open, their hearts are open to be able to live in a life of grace, to know that your power is there for them, and that by the Spirit, they grab hold of each and everything that God you have for them. So Lord, I declare today, we're all like new babes, just running in a field of grace, just enjoying grace, Lord, to hear, to have and to hear everything that you have for us. So Lord, right now, I thank you for putting your hand on them, for blessing them, for letting today be a great day in their life, a hallmark, a day that's, that, that things change. And so, Lord, I praise you for it. Bless them now, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here to pray for you. You're free. Go run in grace. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.